Previously on the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Dusty Baker's done a great job with all these replacements stepping in. Three players for the Tennessee Titans tested positive for COVID. Furthermore, this team really didn't even want to go to the bubble. I will look at it, but I have zero interest in this series. If you had a gate match of basketball, Jordan comes out every time. That Andy Reid, Eric Bieniemy offense is just incredible to watch. What a train wreck of a division. Three turnovers for you, and when they needed you, you couldn't get it done. People are just tired. They're tired of having a football team that loses week after week. This is how the apathy cake is made. They double down on Bill O'Brien. Just stay alive and don't use the N-word. <laughs> we believe in change and we're prepared for it with new techniques and new approaches. And as for our part, we feel that you're the best pieces of manpower available in this whole region. Let it go out there today, baby. Three, two, one. And once again, our mighty ship Back on Welcome to the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Oh! Mama, there goes that man. You Welcome, welcome, welcome to another edition of the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. It's our Thursday show. How you liking these two shows a week? Are you digging that? Are you liking the segments? Well, I need you guys to let me know. Reach out and touch me, 832-941-6614. Give me some feedback on the sports line and, of course, uh, on wagewordproductions.com. So, again, welcome. And and if you are here for the first time, we welcome you. We're so glad that you are here. want to remind you, you can go to wagewordproductions.com and subscribe to the email list. Check in, listen to past episodes, get to know us. In a major, major way. That'd be a wonderful thing to do. And, of course, the Sports Line, 832-941-6614. You digging the Thursday shows? How you liking those? Because we have some fun segments coming up. We have a Why We Kneel segment. I'm going to tell you about all of that. But I also want to remind you guys, on social media, at Wade's Word, W-A-D-E-S-W-O-R-D. And, of course, uh, the Sports Talk with Devin Wade page and group on Facebook. So we have a lot going on. We have the NFL, we have the NBA Finals, we have other things, the Major League Baseball playoffs. We have a lot of stuff going on, and we're going to delve into some of those things, some more than others. But first, let me give you a rundown of what you are going to hear on this episode of the podcast. We have some headlines coming up. We'll run down some of the things that have stood out to me that we can uh, talk about. Uh, We have a Why We Kneel segment with Kalina. She'll bring us that. Uh, That's very important. We'll talk more about that when we bring it to you. Then I'm going to tell you guys who is going to have a good day. Not just an average day, not just an okay day, but a good day. I'm going to tell you about that, and then we'll take a time out and hear from our sponsor and our resident DJ, DJ Anarchy on the mix, and then I'll tell you how you can have your music heard on this podcast. After the break, we, uh, we have a segment called Brand New. Well, I'll tell you what's on my mind. Not sports-related, but I have some things on my mind. I have, I have an apology to issue to you guys. Then we have our guy from the special teams unit, Eddie Robinson, E-Rob 50, former NFL linebacker, friend of the show, our European sports nerd. He is, uh, he'll be here, and we'll talk some NFL and some NBA with him. Then we have Alamon Award for the big dummy of the episode and before I let go. So that's a full plate. That's a, that's a, a buffet of ways we are going to present sports conversation to you. So with that, let's get into some headlines. In headlines, let's start with the NBA Finals. The NBA Finals, let's get that out of the way. With the holidays build up, the bubble, the Clippers versus the Lakers never happened. It just it, it didn't go right. The Greek freak didn't make it there. The defending champs didn't make it to the finals. This sort of this gutsy sort of a collective of basketball players really willed themselves into the NBA Finals after beating the Boston Celtics. I'm talking about the Miami Heat. They get there. You ask for the fight. Look, it's almost like the kid in school. You're asking for the fight. You're raising him. Oh, I want him. After school at 3 o'clock, I, I'm there. I'm not going to meet you there. I'm going to beat you there. And we're going to be out there, and we're going to throw hands. We're going to do this. 
and you get three o'clock and you get your ass whooped in the first 15 seconds. And that's almost exactly what happened to the Miami Heat last night. The Lakers doing their thing in a big way. And they win by, what, 18, but it wasn't even that close. After trailing early on by 10, uh, they came back, raised back. Now you have injuries to Goran Dragic, and then you have uh, Bam Adebayo. Both of those guys, uh, uh, Dragic is done. And Bam Adebayo, I think, is not going to play in game two. So get your brooms out. Charles Barkley, get your brooms out. It is uh, it's sweep time, and it won't it won't be dramatic at all. And only thing is, again, we talked about this on Tuesday. You're gonna get the conversation between Jordan and LeBron. You have to talk about something because this is not this is uneventful, anticlimactic. This is not even interesting. So we'll move on from that. COVID-19 in the NFL has claimed its first game, at least uh, it's caused a postponement. I don't, it won't be canceled. They'll reschedule. But the Tennessee Titans versus the Pittsburgh Steelers, it's not going to happen after you have more positive tests in within the Titans organization and on the field. Five players total, as we speak, have contracted COVID. Five other uh, staff members. So I, th- I think that's right. I think the number's at 10. It may be a little bit higher than that. But COVID has hit the NFL, and it may not be – the last time. So far, the Minnesota Vikings, who traveled to Houston to take on the Texans, they can return back to their facility after uh, not being able to be there for the first three or four days of the week after they uh, they had to wait test results. And so zero positives for the Minnesota Vikings, who played the Titans on Sunday. So that's good news. Uh, the disarray is just beginning with this because every time you answer a question, you have several other questions that come. So we know that there's going to be a postponement. But when are they going to make that game up? How are they going to do it? Are they going to move other games? How is any of this going to work for the players who actually contract COVID? How long do, do they have to sit out 14 days after a, a negative? T- how, how does this go? And so there'll be plenty of questions asked and answered here in the next little bit about the NFL. But that's where we are with that Thursday night football. It is Denver versus the Jets. That's well, I will say this. Denver will come up a little bit later uh, in this podcast. Also, the Major League Baseball playoffs are here. But before I do that, let me say this. XFL, The Rock says the XFL is set to return in 2022. So everybody thought, and we've talked to Brian Michael Cooper here on this podcast. They talked about rushing this thing through trying to get it get started in the spring of 2021 and that's that's not gonna happen and it was a smart decision by the rock to not even press it any further that will give them time to try to make this a successful league it's uh it's it's tough it's gonna be tough but we're rooting for them we're rooting for the xfl any alternative to the nfl is good i think it helps the nfl in that you get a chance to see more talent you get to see guys that you wouldn't normally see we've seen guys from the xfl get signed to nfl rosters not only that you can play with some rules in that league and i think at some point they'll adopt some of the things we saw in our brief stint that they had uh, with the xfl so that's going on but the astros the astros come back in a big way after being under 500 getting into the playoffs they go on the road in the wild card round of these expanded playoffs and they win in grand fashion they swept in two games the best three series they swept the minnesota twins so now they await the winner of the chicago white Sox and the oakland a's and carlos correa has something to say about it i want to get his comments and then i i'm going to respond to what he said here are comments from astro shortstop carlos correa i know a lot of people are mad i know a lot of people don't want to see us here but what are they gonna say now? You know, we're a solid team. We play great baseball. We won a series on the road in Minnesota. So what are they gonna say now? This is why Carlos Correa is my dude. I'm here for all of that. So let me translate what he's really saying. What he's really saying is y'all can kiss my. We didn't need to cheat to win. So well, yeah, okay, we got caught up, but we still won it. We won it on the road. We we didn't need to do that to win. Okay, you got us, and we took our punishment. We dealt with what we had to deal with, and now we're still here. We're still kicking. 
taking names, beat Minnesota, now on to the next one. And and I'm here for that energy. And I had this discussion with Eddie a bit off the air, and I will probably pick this up on Tuesday. But I'm telling you, it's a whole situation where you take the punishment, you feel the heat, you know that the Yankees and the Red Sox and other teams around Major League Baseball did not get punished. They know a lot more than we do in the public. And he's tired of saying, look, you, you, you get tired of saying, making excuses why you won. You won. And, okay, yeah, it wasn't right, and we can relitigate that if y'all want to. I don't care. You can hit me up, 832-941-6614. But I'm saying, look, I'm here for that energy, and that's what it takes. Even though, uh, you know, they won on the road, even though uh, they lost home games, they, people are going to always put that label on them, and that's fine. But he's saying, now, nah, look at us now. Now, I don't think this team, because of injuries, is a World Series winning team, but maybe. Maybe in this crazy 60-game season with these expanded playoffs, maybe they can get it done. So let's see. But I'm really here for that energy, and I really appreciate Carlos Correa. With that, want to go to a very wonderful segment that we want on Thursdays here. It is Why We Kneel, recognizing those who have been victims of police brutality and racially profiled and racial injustice and the victims of uh, of those situations. Kalina brings us why we kneel. Feeling the chilling moments that led to a police officer wow. shooting. Now. I mean, ultimately, wow. it's to bring Please, awareness and make people... Colin Kaepernick kneeling to protest social injustice and police, yet unsigned by any NFL team. He's fired. He's fired! Why we kneel. On February 25th, 2016, around 3 a.m., 23-year-old officer Aaron Smith was patrolling Mobile Heights in Montgomery, Alabama, a supposed hotbed for crime. Smith spotted a man matching a burglary suspect, dark clothes, black male, walking the streets. When Smith drove up to this man, the man allegedly put his hands in his pocket and began to walk faster. Smith stopped him for a stop and frisk. This man's name was Gregory Gunn. During the frisk, the officer said he felt a hard object in Gunn's pocket, which Gunn allegedly swatted the officer's hands away. While the order of events are unclear, Gunn was tased three times and struck with a baton. After a chase, Officer Smith shot Gunn five times, killing him in Gunn's next-door neighbor's yard. Six days after the shooting, Officer Aaron Smith was arrested and charged with murder. A recent request for immunity was denied, and Smith's trial is set for August 2018. There was no body cam or dash cam footage. Gunn was not initially armed. Investigators report that a poll that Montgomery police accused Gunn of using to threaten Smith had no fingerprints on it. Gregory Gunn was 58 years old, and he is why we kneel. For more content, go to WaveWordProductions.com. want to thank Kalina for the Why We Kneel segment. And just a reminder, we will be running those every Thursday. So on the Thursday episodes, we will do the Why We Kneel segments. So you can definitely look forward to that. And if you have comments on that, hit us up on the sports line. Or you can email me, Devin at WadesWordProductions.com, and we'll pass that information along to her. She would love to hear feedback from you guys. In fact, the Say Their Names exhibition is here in the city of Houston at Emancipation Park. It's a display with the names and faces of a number of victims of police brutality, social injustice, and uh, George Floyd. His family, they were out for the opening of that. That's going to be up for a couple weeks here in the city of Houston. And my understanding is it travels around the country, but we have it here in Houston for the next couple of weeks. So with that, one want to shift gears and talk about who is going to have a good day on Sunday. But before I get into who's going to have a good day on Sunday, let's sort of review where we were last week and how we did last week. Last week, I gave you five teams that would win. I went three and two, including I lost my upset special. My upset special was Chicago losing to Atlanta. And Atlanta had them beat and just, again, you put in Nick Folds and he put in that, he did the Nick Folds magic thing. And subsequently, they won that game. I also lost Baltimore over Kansas City. I thought that game meant more 
to the Kansas City Chiefs. But in fact, hey man, you couldn't do anything with that Kansas City Chiefs offense. I won New England over the Raiders, Pittsburgh over the Texans, and the Saints over the Cowboys. So overall on the season, I'm eight and two on my good day segment and I'm one and one in my upset specials. So there you have it on that side. On the player side, I was a little shaky with that one as well. I said that Mitchell Trubisky would have a good day of, against that horrible Atlanta uh, defense. And he was 13-22, and he got pulled. So he didn't have a good day. His his career in Chicago as a starter likely came to an end. So not only did he not have a good day, he had a very, very bad day. Speaking of bad days, I said Leonard Fournette would have a good day at Denver, and he didn't, uh, although the offense did, and I think they opened up that offense a lot more. Ronald Jones was the leading rusher for the Buccaneers, but Tom Brady got off. I think he had three touchdowns and got those receivers going. Chris Godwin did work. Fournette, seven carries, 15 yards. So, no, he did not have a good day. But you know who did have a good day? Phillip Rivers. I don't think Phillip Rivers even played in the fourth quarter or much of the fourth quarter. He was 17-21 with one touchdown and a win at home over the New York Jets. So, yeah, he had any time you don't even have to play the fourth quarter or the majority of the fourth quarter, that was a good day. Also, Aaron Jones, I'll give Aaron Jones a 50-50. Wasn't a bad day. Wasn't a great day. He combined for 86 yards, pass receiving and rushing. He did have a touchdown, so he was okay. But, you know, that's not what we call a good day. I mean, it was a solid day, but it's not a, a good day. But nonetheless, I thought he would have better numbers, and he didn't. So for the season, I have five and a half right on those players. I'm giving Aaron Jones a half, and, I'm ha and I have three and a half wrong. The other one that I didn't mention, Russell Wilson, 27 of 40, 315 yards and uh, five touchdowns. 14 on the season. So that brings me to this week. Here are the teams and the players who are going to have a good day this Sunday. The Los Angeles Rams will recover from that bad call at Buffalo, and they will beat the New York Giants and keep the Giants winless. The Dallas Cowboys, they'll move to 500. It won't be easy against the Cleveland Browns and Baker Mayfield, but they'll get the win nonetheless. The Indianapolis Colts, Phillip Rivers, I'm telling you, they're accumulating wins. They're going to win at Chicago. Kansas City will beat New England, and in my upset special, I'm taking the Philadelphia Eagles on the road to defeat the San Francisco 49ers. I'm telling you, that's my upset special. I'm one and one on the season on that. So, if you want to talk about players who are going to have good days on Sunday, Deshaun Watson. The Minnesota Vikings have the 30th pass defense in the NFL, and one thing Deshaun does have, he has some receivers. They had a lot of success in the first half. Maybe they can do that again this Sunday. The Vikings, they won't get into their facility until tomorrow, I believe. So, not a lot of on-the-field practice time. We'll see if that makes a difference. But Houston at home, Deshaun Watson will have a good day. Aaron Rodgers versus the Atlanta 31st ranked pass defense is going to have a good day. The Atlanta Falcons are allowing 350 yards per game passing. So good day for Aaron Rodgers. Nick Chubb, he could be the key if Cleveland can win on the road at Dallas. He's the third leading rusher in the NFL against the 22nd ranked Dallas Cowboys run defense. And he's also leading in big runs. That's runs over 20 yards. Russell Wilson, 14 TDs on the season. He's going to keep that going, and he is going to have a big day versus the Miami Dolphins. He only has one interception on the season, and he's averaging 308 yards per game. Dalvin Cook is going to have a good day versus the Houston Texans. He's already averaging 98 yards per game, and the Houston Texans have the 32nd, the very last ranked defense in the NFL versus the run. So those are the players and the teams that are going to have a good day. Give me your take on that. Let me know if you were able to heed any of that advice. And if it helped you out, let us know. 832-941-6614. Of course, you can hit us up at Twitter at Wade's Word and the Sports Talk with Devin Wade page and group on Facebook. 
Well, that'll do it for the first half of the show. But we have so much more in store for you. We're going to hear a word from my sponsor, CoBank Homes. And then on the other side, well, we'll have hear also from our resident DJ. Can't forget about him, a DJ Anarchy on the mix. And I'll tell you guys how to have your music heard on the podcast. And we're going to get into what's brand new. And we're going to hear from Eddie Robinson. And then the Lamont Award. So all of that and more. It's the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast anywhere you get your podcast. Sports Talk with Devin Wade wants to thank our sponsor, Kofi Bankus and CoBank Homes. The vision at CoBank Homes is simple, and it stems from the belief that clients can trust CoBank to guide them to realize one of, if not the single largest investment decision they will ever make, their home. CoBank simply looks to build lifelong relationships through service. They do this by using faith, knowledge, and technology to guide clients through the process of achieving their real estate goals. Be it buying, selling, or investing in real estate, contact Kofi at 832-757-7950. That's 832-757-7950. CoBank Homes through Keller Williams. Devin Wade podcast, our guy DJ Anarchy on the mix. And I just want to inform you guys if you have music and you'd like it played on the podcast, hit us up music at wadeswordproductions.com. I know that there are a lot of artists that just want some exposure, some feedback. Well, you can get that. We'll play a snippet at the halfway point and an entire track or an extended portion of a mix for you DJs out there at the end of the podcast. So uh, that is the way to do that. Music at wadeswordproductions.com. With that, let's get into a segment that we call Brand New. Brand New, Brand New, Brand New. And brand new, I uh, I go into some stuff that's not necessarily related to sports. And I have to tell you, on Tuesday, I said something, and I have to apologize for it because I recommended, I sort of, I encouraged you guys to watch the first presidential debate. And boy, was that not the biggest piece of crap you are ever going to see. That was absolutely horrible. That was ridiculous. That reminded me of, okay, so my best friend in middle school lived right off of MLK, Martin Luther King Boulevard here in Houston. And across from across from where he lived, there was a strip center, not directly, but kind of diagonal from where he lived, maybe, I don't know, quarter mile, not even that, several, whatever. It was, little, it was diagonal from where he lived across MLK. And it, it was once a really, really nice, nice strip center with all sorts of nice things. It had fallen on hard times, like the rest of South Park. That's where I grew up, and it was not what it was when I was a little kid. But there was a liquor store called Dan Ingalls. And if anybody, anybody from South Park, you know where Dan Ingalls is. It's not right, right there by Jones High School. Uh, you would hear late at night, and maybe not so late at night sometimes, all the winos would hang out at Dan Ingalls, the liquor store. <laughs> and they would, they would fight and argue and throw bottles or whatever they did. They, I don't think too many people ever really got hurt. But they were like, it was like drunk bum fights. That's what, and that's, what that, that's exactly what that debate looked like, a bum fight. It was a lot of flailing, a lot of loud talking, and nothing was going to happen. But, I mean, it really, it was a contentious enough where, you know what, they were talking to each other like, you know what, this is going to happen. Something's going to happen. We're about to move some furniture up in this piece. It's going down. 
But you know, at the end of the day, like I said, these two old guys fighting over Jello in the nursing home, and and what's so sad and disheartening about it? It's so depressing because people were really not not for me. Look, I watch read ingest all sorts of political stuff all the time so it didn't mean anything to me nothing there was no breaking news coming out of that debate for me but this is america and you have people that are not trying to pay attention to any of this until the last minute and i don't get it i'm frustrated by it but this is the home of the free. You do uh, for now. <laughs> it's the home of the free for now. I don't know how long that's gonna last if some things don't go right. But I feel disappointed for the people who tuned in, kids seeing stuff for the first time. And I keep wanting to remind people the stuff that we are normalizing these days. We have never, ever, ever seen this from a president. This is not normal. This is not normal. This is unprecedented. This is unbelievable. Never, ever. Look, if there is an America, generations from now, and wherever there are international history books about America, if we're not consumed by global warming, for generations they will talk about what happened now. <laughs> what happened now? They will be talking about this hundreds of years from now. This is crazy. So you have to understand that. Don't normalize that. And I feel bad for the people who watch this thinking that this is how it's supposed to be. Because if this is how it's supposed to be moving forward, if this is how it's going to be moving forward, uh, it's, we're not, we're not going to make it. We're, we're just not going to make it. We're living on the reputation of the great people who built this country through self-sacrifice and understanding and correcting social mistakes. Now, they weren't perfect, and but they were committed to improving and committed to the idea of America. Now we have people who are not committed to the idea of America in the highest office in the land. <laughs> it's unbelievable. I am so shook by this. And I try to maintain, because if you understand what America is, we're not bound by ethnicity. We're not bound by religion. We're not bound by anything other than the idea of what we are. We cannot separate ourselves from any minority group. So we have to look out for everybody and come together. This is, it's crazy. It's just crazy. And I'm so sorry that we have to live through this, but we, you know, we will get through this. I hope, I hope, I hope rational folks prevail. And I hope that we remain un, is more uncorrupted than we were in 2016. And, and our, <laughs> and our processes are allowed to move forward. So that, that happened. So I'm sorry that I told you guys to watch the debate. Don't watch the next. Well, no, watch the, the vice presidential debate. Watch that one. That is the one you have to watch. But after that, you don't have to watch any more of that nonsense. At least if you want to, you can. But don't do it on my account. Not that you did Tuesday, but not on my account. So that being said, also, you know, I'm a music person. A couple losses in the world of music. Helen Reddy. And the, through the power of YouTube, I spent three hours on Helen Reddy music and interviews and backstories. I, man, I don't know what's wrong with me, man. I, I don't know. But I mean, I, I always knew Helen Reddy growing up and I knew uh, I Am Woman, which, you know, that's the anthem for women. But I always liked Angie Baby. And other than that, I, Delta Dawn, I didn't, I, I didn't like a lot of those other songs. But I, they weren't my favorite. But what you can appreciate, she was a great singer, great singer. And uh, even uh, no, no matter what genre you like, you, I mean, you have to have an appreciation. Because I tell you what, she kept them sisters singing background. I can tell you that. Go go look it up. <laughs> go go on YouTube. But but no, she was a, a, a really, really a good singer. Died at, at the age of 78. Mac Davis. Hey, baby, baby, don't get stuck on me or don't be, get hung up on me. Like Bobby Womack said, but baby, baby, don't what? What is it? Baby, baby, don't get stuck on me. Yeah, Mac. But anyway, for sports fans, you will know him from one of the better 
sports films in uh, in cinema history, from what a lot of people say. Although I have never seen North Dad- Dallas Forty, I have to go back and see if he was in North Dallas Forty. Nick Nolte, I know, was in that, but Mac Davis was in it. He passed away, so wrote a uh, wrote a little less conversation for Elvis. Wrote a bunch of songs. And so he passed away uh, this week as well. So with that, on that uplifting note, <laughs> let's let's go to our conversation with Eddie Robinson and see what he has to say. Our guy Eddie Robinson in the arena, <laughs> the podcast arena, as he's on his way. You're on your way to go see your son play. How are you this afternoon? Well, I'm doing good. So, uh, you know, high school football in Texas, hey, you can't go to class, but you can still get on that field and crack some heads. So that's how we're doing the COVID-19 down in the, the great state of Texas. So let me <laughs> ask you, so so that's really the case? So the kids are not on campus? Oh, yeah, that's really the case. Yeah, I, I wasn't joking about that. Nah, I mean, they, they're they still having, of course, the social distancing in the online classes, but I think uh, most of the schools are still allowing, uh, you know, football practice. I went to a couple little league games, uh, saw the Southside Ducks beat up on some guys this past Saturday. So, I mean, Texas is getting it in. You know, football is football, and, and I, I think, uh, you know, it's, it's, they're really relying on the parents to make sure that if the kids have any symptoms at all, to make sure that you would, uh, would, would not have your kid participate. But, uh, hey, today is the first JV game, so my son's a wide receiver, and he's super excited. He's been working on his routes and everything, so you know we'll see how it goes. Well, yeah, I know one team locally had just canceled a game uh, behind a, a COVID situation. I, that's a topic for a different discussion, but a different a discussion for a different day, if I can get it right. So let's let's get into a couple things. COVID has hit the NFL finally. They, I mean, I thought it was a minor miracle that they'd gone this far without it. I wasn't even trusting the numbers, but most of your former NFL guys and guys around the league say, yeah, they trust the numbers. So now it's happened. What's your thoughts on uh, the Tennessee Titans uh, having a, a COVID outbreak on the organ- in the organization? Well, I mean, I, I just think it's the worst case situation for the NFL that one team because the games are so condensed and you don't have you know a lot of off weeks where you can fill in. You know, you can't do like baseball; they would do two double inning. I mean, back to back double hitters with seven inning games to try to make up for those missed days. So the, the problem with the NFL is if you start having weeks where teams can't play, now it affects you know the Titans and it affects the Steelers. And then so now it's other ramifications. Can you play on Monday or Tuesday? So it's real dicey. I mean, I, I think, in my opinion, if you was to see one or two more teams to get into a similar situation like the Titans, it's almost like the whole league would just have to take a bye week and then just play one less game. I think that would be better almost as opposed to having some teams play and some teams don't because you want to have everybody, you know, at the end of the season to play the same amount of games for playoff ratings and seedings and all that type of stuff. But, of course, you don't want to have the whole season shut down. So, trust me, I'm sure the, the, the smart guys in the NFL are sitting here every day with, with a contingency plan, which I'm sure they already had one, a just-in-case, and a worst-case scenario and so I don't think they're at their worst case scenario, but it's definitely moving in that direction fast. Yeah, and my issue is also competitive advantage. If we're going to take this season serious, let's talk about Minnesota. Minnesota travels to the Houston Texans. Well, they, for a couple of days, for three days, could not go to their facility. They, they were locked out of their facility while their COVID tests were pending. So now, all of a sudden, all, of a sudden, all their meetings and all their preparation – is online not even like not even in meeting rooms but through zoom and i thought well if you're gonna do that you should have made the same thing apply to the houston texans or at the time tennessee versus pittsburgh remember they were still trying to play that game and pittsburgh they were at their facility the whole time tennessee they weren't so what do you think about sort of making it fair and not giving one team a competitive advantage is that even important well, at, at this point of where these guys are and as far as online learning and Zoom calls and everything that the NFL has already done as far as, you know, talking with different guys and, and listening to what coaches have been saying, even with the rookies, getting, getting everybody up to speed from an online learning environment. I mean, the Zoom calls, I'm sure it works just as good as if you're in a meeting room. Like, I can schedule a 
a 9 a.m. special team Zoom call. We're going to go over everything with the special teams. Then we're going to say at 11.30, we're going to do the whole defense. Then we're going to break down into our linebackers room. So, yeah, you can do that online just as good as you can in person. When you actually are going out there to walk through and to, you know, visually learn what you have just went over online, that's when it becomes difficult because, of course, some teams get a chance to do it and some teams don't. I don't think the solution is, okay, Pittsburgh, well, since the Titans couldn't do it, then you can't either. So I, I think it's an individual thing that the Titans will just have to work through to say, hey, we're going to have to do our install and our game plan. Maybe we're going to keep it simple. Don't add any any special wrinkles so the guys can do what we've usually you know, been doing and do it really well. And I think these guys are all professionals, so it's up to them to say, and I'm sure they have. I mean, I'm sure the receivers and the quarterbacks have gotten together and said, hey, man, we're going to go out here and, and run over, go over these plays. I'm sure, I mean, in, in my day and age, Indeed, Marcus Robertson, Blaine Bishop, and the guys who were the leader of the defense, you know, we would have made sure that the linebackers got together and made sure that we knew what we had to do and stayed in shape, whether we had to, you know, work out at someone's house or at a high school, whatever we had to do, we would have made sure that we were still ready to play on Sunday. That's called being a professional. And so I think the guys can still, you know, weather that storm for a week or two if it happens. So that being said, do, do you give the Texans an added advantage with the situation with Minnesota not having that access for for three or four days uh, to their facilities, do you give them any? Do you give the Texans any additional advantage uh, because of that uh, that scenario and that situation? Yeah, I think that the Texans absolutely have an advantage, and and so I mean, but you still have to go out there and play the game. But from a from a scheme standpoint, maybe not that big of an advantage, but just from a standpoint of familiarity. And but I think at the same time, the Vikings can do stuff, even though. If it's towards the end of the week, you know, one one of the great things Greg Williams would always tell us is that the body doesn't know the difference between a mental rep and a physical rep, meaning that, you know, you're going you going over it mentally in your head. It's just as good as you're doing a physical rep because it's all about muscle memory and how fast can you react in a football situation where you're not thinking about it. So from that standpoint, I think the Vikings towards the end of the week. You know, the, the night before the game, they can do an extra walkthrough. So that way you can actually walk through all of the situations and scenarios and just keep it simple with things that you've been doing throughout the year. So, yeah, it will give the Texans an advantage. I don't think it'll be a huge advantage. You know, I don't think it's going to change the, the betting line, if that's what you're worried about. Oh, way. I think it will. I think you know, it will change the betting line. <laughs> yeah, it'll be an advantage, but it's just something that the Vikings have to overcome. So let's talk about the Texans briefly here. Texans, the absolute last in rush defense. They only mustered two first downs in the second half versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. Is this just a scenario where they just ran into three, the scheduling issue with the three great teams in that conference? Or what? what's going on with them? Well, I'm, I'm not going to write them off as not being a very good team right now. I'm kind of under that scenario. I don't I don't know. Would, would Hopkins have helped if he was still here? Yes, Absolutely. Would he have been the difference to, for the Texans to beat any of those three teams? Probably not. So the schedule makers just kind of sent them into a buzz. So if you go to Kansas City, and they just won the, the Super Bowl championship, even without fans. It's the first home opener of the defending champ. And then you go to Baltimore, which was the AFC. I mean, the, the team, you know, the, the other team that was actually ranked number one in the whole playoff seating. And then you play Pittsburgh, where has Ben Roethlisberger back. So it was just, you know, very three hard games. But at this point, you just have to win one at a time. You you can't go out there and say, you know, you, you can't win three games in one week. You just take it a week by week, and you get your season back. You just say, hey, let's get to 500. Once we get to three and three, it's a whole new situation. You just keep playing football. So if, if the Texans can get to three and three or even four and four, nobody will remember that they started off 0 and three. So it's just a matter of winning the next game, which is cliche, but that's how you have to approach it. Want to ask you about the big game this week and the, this past weekend? Kansas City asserting their dominance over Baltimore. What were your thoughts on the Baltimore Kansas City uh, game, and what does that say about Kansas City moving forward this year? Well, I mean, Kansas City is just head and shoulders above everyone else. I mean, I don't, I'm I'm trying to think of the last time um, there was a team when when I played that you just knew. They were the best team. I mean, you went out there and you competed and you, and you were hoping that things would go your way and that you would have a chance to win at the end. But you knew if you made one mistake that they were going to beat you just because they were a better team all around. And so I think, you know, Kansas City's defense is playing much better now, which was their, their big issue last year. 
And offensively, I mean, with, with my homeboy, Mahomes, and, and all of the weapons that they have at wide receiver, and you get an elite player at the running back position in the first round, which was, I mean, man, they just that just solidified everything that Andy Reid wants to do. You look at what he did with Shady McCoy, and he, he's always had that type of running Westbrook, back. And yeah. to give him, yeah, to give him that kind of tool to his disposal with everything he already had, I'm not going to say they're going to win all of the games, but it's, it's hard-pressed to say that they won't be the number one seed in the AFC. I want to ask you about the Dallas Cowboys. Cowboys get that miracle comeback and with that onside kick recovery. You think that that's going to springboard them. But they had their moments and their opportunities versus Seattle and put up some, uh, you know, 31 points. What are, you, what are your thoughts on uh, that situation up uh, I-45? Well, I think the Cowboys are going to be okay. As, as you know, I'm going to remind you, that's, that's my pick to represent the NFC, and I, I have not changed. All the Cowboys need to do is get to five and three, or even six and two. And as long as they get to five and three, you can tell that they're going to get better each week. You know, hopefully, they won't have injuries and stuff like that. And I'm, and I'm, trust me, I'm not a Cowboys fan, but I'm just looking at the level at which Dak Prescott is playing. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott is Ezekiel Elliott. He's giving you what he's going to give you. And you have Amari Cooper. You have uh, C.D. Lamb. I mean, so you have a lot of players that offensively can get it done, and they still have a, a, a you know, to me, a above-average defense. So they have everything it takes to make a good run and even win on the road because, keep in mind, playing on the road in the playoffs won't be as bad. You looked at the way the Saints had to play Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers just up killing the Saints in the Superdome with the hard count. I mean, that would have never happened. It was crucial situations where he was able to hit the hard count and get first downs and get free plays. So playing on the road, it's not that big of a deal this year. So I can see Dallas, you know, going into Seattle or, or going on the road and, and playing somewhere if they had to. And so, I mean, I think they're just a team that's poised to play well towards the end of the year and in the playoffs if they don't have injuries. Saints, really Drew Brees played better last week. Uh, and what are your thoughts on, on the Saints bouncing back? Well, I, I just think Michael Thomas is just such a big part of the offense. I mean, we all knew he was, but. I mean, it's even more so than what we knew. But the, the the good thing that I like is Kamara is like the young Alvin Kamara from a, as a rookie. I mean, he's just doing sensational things with the football. I mean, the Saints are to me they're they're just like Green Bay. I mean, just like um Dallas. They're kind of built for the playoffs with Drew Brees. They have a running game. They commit to the running game, but you still have Drew Brees who can manage the game. They just don't have the big playability, which is the thing that worries me. Because against a good defense, you play the Saints and you say, okay, you have to go eight or ten plays, and yeah, you make complete eight of eight passes, but you know what? We're just waiting for you to get one holding call, one mistake, and then we're going to hold you to a field goal and keep you out the end zone. So at some point, they're going to have to start stretching the field and trying to have that big play involved. And then the defense is the defense. They're still playing well. So the Saints is another team that, that if they can get hot down the stretch, you know, to me, people get excited about the first eight weeks of the season. You really don't pay attention until after Halloween. Once you get to November, everybody's played eight games, then you can start telling me who's a good team and who's not. If you're at least four and four, you're in the conversation. <laughs> and then at that point, the teams that can consistently get better, you know, when teams are playing great in September, who cares? Because it's such a long season and the, and the season can come and go. And so you have to be that team that's peaking at the right time. Well, I want to ask you one last thing about the NBA. Uh, I mean, it's uh, anticlimactic, it looks like. It, this is going to be a sweep in a big way. What are your thoughts on the Lakers-Miami uh, Heat and what you saw last night? Well, the unfortunate part is if Miami Heat has the – if they were healthy, they may have had a puncher's chance to win a game or two. But if you're talking about if Droglitz can't play uh, – and uh, the other kid that had hurt his shoulder, man. Damn, out of body. Yeah. Any, any type of, I mean, their rotation is already paper thin. And so they've already probably, you know, outkicked the coverage. They've they played a, above their head already. So it's hard to think that they're going to come back and do something spectacular, unfortunately. And, and, you know, I would hate to just have to crown the king once again. But it seems like, I mean, out of, out of all the championships, this is going to be probably a cakewalk for the Lakers unless something spectacular happens. And I think LeBron. You know, being the professional that he's is, that he is, he's not going to let his team get into a situation where they get overconfident and don't stay poised and don't and don't finish the task at hand.
Yeah, well, hey, there you have it. I mean, good luck this afternoon with your game. Uh, we'll, uh, I guess we'll wait till Tuesday to talk about what happened with, uh, with Formula One and uh, what they did to, to our boy, uh, Lewis Hamilton. <laughs> I, I, I didn't quite understand any of what was going on. It just didn't seem fair, and he was pissed off. So if he was pissed off, I'm pissed off because he knows better than I do. Right. <laughs> so it didn't seem right what they were doing to him. But we'll get into that. Just study up on that, and we'll talk about that Tuesday, okay? Uh, yeah, I'll be sure to go over the rules and regulations and let you know what's going on. Well, hopefully we can catch up with you on Tuesday. I mean, we certainly appreciate it. All right, take it easy. want to thank our guy, Eddie Robinson. But now we shift gears because it's time for the Lamont Award. I don't want to wish you no bad luck. But I hope your ship sinks with no lifeboats and no life preservers and a school of piranhas surrounding you, you big dummy. The Lamont Award goes to the player, team, entity, someone in or around the world of sports that we deem to be the big dummy of the episode. Well, this time it's an organization. And it's the, and you hate, sometimes you hate to be the guy that picks on an 0-3 team. But. Then again, there are times where you have to pick on an 0-3 team. And we're picking on the Denver Broncos. The Denver Broncos are playing their fourth game of the season tonight, Thursday night football, against the New York Jets. Horrible game. I don't know who's going to watch it. I'm going to try because that's just what I do. But, however, they are playing against the Jets, and they are starting their third quarterback in four games. They've had Drew Locke. Jeff Driscoll, and now Brett Rippon. I, I want to say he's the son of Mark Rippon, who won Super Bowls what, and won a Super Bowl for the Washington Redskins. I can say it because it was Redskins then, but the Washington football team. You see how I try to correct myself on the fly? Well, I did. So anyway, Brett Rippon is starting tonight. Last week, he went 8 of 9 with one INT, no interceptions. So they have had three quarterbacks in four games they have signed Blake Bortles because Drew Locke he has a shoulder injury he got banged up and he's been out he's going to be out for a little while longer however the quarterback play no matter who the quarterback has been for the Denver Broncos has not been stellar and that brings me to why the Denver Broncos and, and it's not really fair to just pick on the Denver, Denver Broncos but it's so obvious I wanted to point them out first during the offseason and I understand that Drew Locke is your guy he was a 2019 second rounder. He's the guy that you say he is going to be our quarterback. But there was a quarterback out there, a former MVP, a guy who has got it done in this league before, has taken his team to a Super Bowl before. I'm talking about Cam Newton. Now, this wouldn't have been unprecedented for a Denver Broncos team to do because, remember, coming off of major neck issues and neck injuries, the Denver Broncos signed Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning took him to the Super Bowl. And again, that was a, a wonderful, wonderful situation for them, right? So that happened for the Denver Broncos. They actually beat Cam Newton in the Super Bowl, lost to Seattle in the Super Bowl, too. So, so again, but again, they had success with a guy, come, a, a former MVP, a former guy had gone to the Super Bowl who was banged up. They signed him and they had success. Well, Cam was out there. Didn't didn't nibble on Cam at all. Didn't I didn't even bring him in. And let's see the results of that. So with Drew Locke, who's banged up, he had one touchdown on the season. Jeff Driscoll replaced him, three touchdowns, two interceptions. He was a 2016 draft pick. So this is the guy backing up Drew Locke. So you could have had Cam Newton if you still if you really thought that Drew Locke was your guy. You could have had Cam Newton backing up Drew Locke. Instead, you had Jeff Driscoll. And then Brett Rippon, he uh, was 8 of 9 with one interception, no touchdown. So for the season, for the season, those three quarterbacks have combined for 745 total yards and five touchdowns. That's on 721 yards passing, 24 yards rushing. Okay? Cam Newton. Two and one, his only loss, and again, different team, different set of circumstances. I know it's not exactly a fair comparison. However, K 
Cam has combined for 863 total yards and six touchdowns. That's coming on 714 passing yards with two passing touchdowns and two interceptions. And he's had 149 yards rushing and four rushing touchdowns. So, again, 863 total yards and six touchdowns for Cam Newton versus 745 yards and five touchdowns for the Denver Broncos. I'm not saying that things would have been vastly different, but Cam Newton is one yard away from being 3-0. and This guy can still play in, in a lot of different ways. He can throw. If he needs to just be a pure passer, he can. If he needs to run the ball, he is more than effective as a running quarterback. And the fact that you, Denver Broncos, who may not win tonight, you may not win tonight. You may go to 0-4. Cam is going to keep rolling. I'm telling you, they're going to compete in that in AFC East. They're going to compete for a playoff berth. They should be able to get into the playoffs. Denver, you are back to the drawing board at the quarterback position, and you may be for a long, long while. But because you didn't even entertain the idea of Cam Newton, the Denver Broncos organization, you all are big dummies. You big dummy. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes these teams just outsmart themselves. And this is why Bill Belichick just sits back and he's he's playing chess where everybody else is playing checkers. He's sitting back in the cut. He he let Cam's value kind of die down a little bit, saw that nobody was nibbling. Everybody, I think, wanted to know why wasn't New England nibbling. Well, because early on, Belichick wasn't real. He, he didn't say a lot about Cam. Other than, I mean, he said things in the past that, that he loved him, but he didn't. He didn't just show up at his door uh, after he cleared waivers and say, "Hey, you know, Cam, you are our guy." He didn't do that. He laid back, got him at, a, at the value that he felt comfortable with, and he showed the rest of the league why he's the smartest man in the NFL at head coach. I'm telling you, dude, dude got it done. He got it done with Cam Newton and teams all over this league, including Chicago. Chicago could be on that list. They went with Nick Foles instead. There are a number of teams that could have been, but we picked on them first, and they are big dummies. So it's that time, but before I let go. Before I let go, I want to thank you guys for tuning in. I want to thank our sponsor, Cobank Homes. I want to thank Kalina for Why We Kneel. I want to thank DJ Anarchy. I want to remind you guys, you can give us a call, 832-941-6614. That's 832-941-6614. Go to the Sports Talk with Devin Wade page and group on Facebook. And, of course, you can follow me on Twitter at Wade's Word. I really want to hear from you guys. Do you like two shows a week? What do you liking what are you feeling what are you digging and uh hey why do you keep listening let me know i need to know those things so we can uh, make it better and uh, just keep doing what we do the way you like it done i want all of that from you guys but i really 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 want you to remember these four things number one i don't do no favors after six o'clock in the evening two i ain't got no money three i'm not harboring any fugitives from justice and four bye this has been the sports talk with Devin wade podcast remember you can follow him on twitter at wade's word thank you for listening